Genesis 1.31 says that on the sixth day, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Let me welcome you, therefore, to Very Good Christian Podcast. Join Blair Davis and me, Sean Fowler, as we think through and discuss various aspects of faith, culture, the church, and every other topic that has ever, at any time, moseyed its way into the mind of man such as the perfect length for a beard. That being said, enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us. You have happened upon very good christian podcast and i am one person that's involved with it my name is sean but i'll never tell you my last name my last name is davis jr nice so welcome my Uh, first name's blair oh okay man (laughs) so here we are we're uh doing another episode we're here in the new year that's right we're, uh, you know, we've been so good. We've kept all our New Year's resolutions. It's, it's awesome. So far. We've, we're very, very proud of ourselves. And one of them was to continue doing podcasts. I know you're excited about this. And we've got one for you right now. Do we? We're going to talk about stuff. Yes. We're oh, yeah. going to give some, I'm guessing, we're going to give some strong opinions. The strongest. I might have some of the strongest opinions on this one out of the others that's that's what i'm talking about yeah so well these are opinions about what blair we are going to be discussing the question is the progressive church bad or good maybe is it is it right or wrong okay is progressive christianity a good thing something something like that and Mm -hmm. i have to assume we're not talking about like a church that sells car insurance right (laughs) no that's pretty funny isn't it (laughs) yeah good joke uh but so we're not talking about that Mm -hmm. but if we're not talking about that what what sorts of things are we talking about what when when you say progressive what do you mean or what or Mm. what don't you mean or can you can you take us a little deeper yeah, when I pose the question, um, I start to consider uh, brief history about so many churches that have split up into different sects of within their own denominations because they can't seem to agree on certain things. So I have the I, and to be clear, I'm not ta- I'm not talking about a church that allows gay people into the congregation in itself. And I'm not talking about people that allow uh, people of any member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I'm not talking about any church that alone would support Black Lives Matter or um, any of those kind of things that we attribute to Democrats and, and the left side of the political scale. Uh, I'm, I don't refer to that at all because, to be clear, I think that we should be able to receive people, take people in where they are, 
with love and he, you know, hear them out before we uh, rush to any sort of judgment about them, about their character, or, or their life experience. Uh, what I'm, what I think about when I think about progressive Christianity, is essentially taking aspects of Jesus, which you can almost narrow down to everybody goes to heaven, God would never send anybody to hell, and everything is okay and then a church that would or a pastor or a congregation as a whole that just blindly or readily accepts the entire um, platform of the kind of the new liberal left democratic party that is what i mean when i ask is that form of you can even you know, say quote unquote christianity is that form good or bad is that even real christianity okay so let me just uh, i want to make sure that i know what you're asking mm. so you were saying that you, it's not the case that you're talking about a christianity that basically just espouses all of the democratic party let's say mm -hmm. talking points you're, you're not talking about that you're talking about uh, a christianity where just certain aspects of emphases in scripture are, are being like latched onto and it's only that all the time. So maybe there might be God is only love and everything that talk talks about like holiness or sin or hell in, in scripture is just completely, well, that's just not who God is. Mm. And, and, and we're just focusing on one aspect of biblical truth um, to the just relegation of all the rest of it. Uh, well, that and... Again, accepting the entire left platform. Oh, it's both of those things together. I would, I would say yes, because I, I don't think you can necessarily have one without the other. When, okay. when you're, when you're talking about God only being love, and you're a church that's like, uh, basically saying everybody gets to go to heaven and no one's gonna go to hell based on these criterias that seem to be very uh, focused on in the Bible. Then mm -hmm. yeah, so it's mainly you know sexual. Uh, preference or sexual identities or uh you know the polyamory and and all that kind of stuff there are churches that don't don't say it's a bad thing but also affirm it um sure, you know the sure. churches that come to mind are the ones who would um i'm not sure what denomination it is but you know they affirm little kids identifying as trans as young as four years old Okay, I think there was a documentary yeah. released recently. So, a lot of people were sharing clips from it. Mm -hmm. um, and interestingly enough, if anybody who is listening to this has seen that, just a little side note, I'm pretty sure because that that clip there's a, there's a little boy who's mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of like the mom yeah. who's getting him to say this stuff um, in front of a congregation, but the mom changed her stance after that i'm pretty sure oh. that she regretted uh you know doing that and basically you know kind of like seemingly pushing him yeah you know in, into this sort of stuff so 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 that's that's interesting uh just mentioning it because it went so viral i sure. don't know if uh people you know heard any more about it mm -hmm. but okay so so we certainly are talking about like the political aspect of it that um you know we're, we're lining up more with like left-leaning politics and this is so it's 
it's so complex when we talk about, let's say, progressive and, and conservative. There's obviously mm-hmm. like this political aspect to it. You can even have it in in like church terminology. I, I do I do want to make very clear, though, in my opinion, that it's not the case that if you're a Bible believing Christian, you always vote Republican Absolutely or you not. always vote Democrat, and that I. Um, I, I things are more complex than that, and and and, and some of it bears out in uh, like polling and stuff. Just something to 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 share real quick is that when these these different polls have been done, and, and it's not. I mean, this has been the case for a, for quite a while now in our country. Is that let's say with evangelicals or people that have an evangelical sort of belief to their faith, like they're actually practicing, they actually go to church, they actually read the Bible or mm-hmm. actually trying to live for God, that sort of stuff. When it comes to white evangelicals, the majority of them vote Republican, but black evangelicals, an even larger percentage of them vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. And and so it's like, and what's funny about it is that when you look at the demo- of the, the like the polling concerning black and white Christians in America, and when when they're they're self uh, identifying their own practice, black evangelicals, the higher percentage of them are like going to church weekly or reading their Bible daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they ask like a whole slew of questions. It, it, it's it's just so funny because you know someone might think in in like the the circles you know that I, that I've grown grown up in is you know like well you could you could never vote democrat if you if you were a christian like it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense it's in, it's incompatible and it's like but there's certain um you know it, you know ethnicity with within our our country that tends to be more devout mm-hmm. um votes democrat way more it's just mm-hmm. interesting it's just to, and that's not me saying, therefore I'm endorsing the Democratic Party. No, no, I'm, I'm not endorsing, you know, any party. But it's j- just for us to look at it with some, uh, some, some, some empathy and understand that there are certain emphases in the, these different political movements that people identify with, mm-hmm. and sometimes to the exclusion of other. Uh, you know, matters that we might deem important. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the, the hugest one would be, I think, abortion for for Christians, or especially for white evangelicals. And mm-hmm. uh, so it's a t- it's a tough thing to navigate. But yeah. uh, okay, so I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you do too. And nice. I'm yeah, I'm also not going to. It's not specifically politics. If you find a way to vote for either party based on something other than one issue, you know, good good for you. To be to be clear, I don't I wouldn't say that anybody is not a Christian because they cast a ballot the opposing way I did. And I would say whichever way I voted, for instance, I don't think that a church doctrine should espouse um any political side and their I think we need to look to scripture. And that's the thing is I think that the progressive, quote unquote, progressive church or the progressive Christians are leaning more into a political platform and more into the the policies of a political party um, for whatever reason and excluding the Bible more and more. Okay. So, uh, and one more clarifier, I apologize, is just... Um, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, what you're saying, it makes me think, uh, just just by way of reminder, 
if you're you're a, you're a believer, uh, you're trying to live for the Lord. Remember, any political party, they're they're not they're um they're essentially human institutions, mm-hmm. right? They're not uh, theocratic political parties, right? That's the Old Testament. Israel was that. That's not the case today in America. So there's going, there are going to be a certain number of um, emphases, let's say, within a political party that appear to line up with the emphases of the kingdom of God as revealed in the Bible. But there will undoubtedly be some that don't line up mm-hmm. or some that you can't really look one way or the other what exactly God wants just from the mm-hmm. scripture. So for instance, guns, does God, for, for just looking at the Bible, d- does God like want you to have the right to own a gun? You, you could make some argument through like self-defense and the defense of your family or those who are, who are weak, who, who live with you. Mm-hmm. You could make some biblical argument, but then you could also look at the percentage of like the chances that gun violence will occur in your home. If you have a gun in your home, you could go that route and say, well, actually God would want to protect life overall more mm-hmm. so. And so therefore, no, that's, there's no clear, uh, biblical position on that. Sure. But there are things within political, uh, you know, discourse and, and policy that do line up with scripture, you know, and, and real, like protecting the life of the unborn. Let's say, mm-hmm. I think you can make a very strong argument from scripture for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but remember, so, so there's no political party that has it all right. And there's no political party that has it all wrong. The main thing is to remember that your identity is not primarily in a political party. And if it that's is, right. that's got to change because yeah. it's in Christ first. Yeah. Before you finish this podcast and hate our guts, <laughs> if you're on either side, <laughs> then. Oh, sure. Make sure that make sure that focus changes. Yes, and we're 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 following Christ wherever that may lead us, and it and it it'll mean that you probably won't fall into either political party fully, mm-hmm. and you it might be a little bit of a lonely thing because you're not so gung ho for every little uh, you know slogan, mm-hmm. but it's better to be on you know in Christ's team, so to speak. So anyway, just mentioning that. And uh, yeah, so we're talking about progressive Christianity. When I bring up the topic and I talk about the blanket statements of the left, um, that's not to say that I disagree with every platform that the Democrats have or that I agree with everything that the Republicans hold. I think there's plenty of things. There's plenty of uh, hateful things or plenty of very troubling things that people on on the Republican side hold. However, uh, that being said, it's just this blanket politicization and it's the, the the ideas of progressive Christianity seem to come in stark contrast f- from what I read in scripture and there is seemingly little to no defense of those positions being held and i don't think that the the defenses of those positions are well defended regardless it seems convenience more than what the what the majority of scripture would and say. yeah and and probably progressing with the society or with the dominant uh opinion or majority opinion of the culture mm-hmm. there seems to be a lot basically that yeah that's one thing to consider when we're talking about these uh two categories let's say progressive or conservative mm-hmm. now look at those words and what do they mean what do they indicate so 
progressive, you could say, well, how in the world can you be against progressivism or, or whatever? Do you not like progress? Do you mm. want to be stagnant? Mm. Do you want to be stuck in the past? That sort of thing. Well, okay, progressive, that really is, I, mean, I think it's actually pretty accurate that it's, it's talking about a continual uh, pursuit of change. Yeah. Right. And continually and so, moving forward. Correct. And what's interesting is when we think about this in a Christian sense, you, you might even link that up with sanctification. Like we want to continually be making progress towards becoming more Christ-like, right? And that's talked about in various parts of scripture. That's part of the human life. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about progressive Christianity, most of the time, I'll say, again, it's a, it's a vague term and a lot of people use it differently. It's, it, I think it's more so talking about the faith itself changing mm -hmm. to catch up with the times. And that would be in um, contrast to a conservative uh, position or conservatism. Mm -hmm. So that would be to kind of preserve and conserve things as they are, or at least certain principles. Sure. So, so that's something when it comes politically, a lot of times conservatism conservatism or conservatism anyway whatever um it is uh you know d derided by people who don't you know fall into that camp because well you're stuck in the past mm -hmm. like we're moving for our society is different but i think that conservatives when they're thinking about um the philosophy behind what they think politically, they're thinking, well, no, it's like the principles of the constitution. We want to uh, continue to, you know, up uphold. Mm -hmm. um, and it, so, so like a conservative would kind of see a progressive as like, well, it seems like you're wanting to like change the actual fundamental principles. Mm -hmm. Whereas a progressive then looks at a conservative and said, yeah, but now you're just trying not to change anything. You want mm -hmm. everything to just stay the same. So each uh, camp seems to look at the other one with a little less charity than, than um, you know, ought to be, ought to be given. Mm -hmm. But now looking at Christianity, I, I think that's a good thing maybe to, to talk about progressing or changing when it comes to the faith, I mean, is that is that good? Are there certain aspects that ought to change and certain things that shouldn't? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what what do you think? I think there are people that need to change. I think that there's a lot of understanding to be found in the Bible. Um, an argument that I've heard used is... Um, by people that who self-identify as progressive Christians is that the Bible once endorsed slavery or that the Bible was uh, used as a way to endorse slavery by very famous preachers like uh, John Adams, who I have a book of his that I really like. <laughs> but um, not to say that I, you know, focus on any 300-year-old preacher by any means. Um, but that is that is true, and that's something to acknowledge is that there wasn't an understanding of of what the Bible meant when it was talking about slaves at that point. Uh, today we have so much more context about biblical history dating back, you know, thousands of years, which wasn't the case um, in in the days of slavery, and I'm more than happy that it's abolished um at least in our country i'm aware that it's going on all over the world still and i sure. think i think that it needs to end 
all over the world. I don't think that there is a, um, when you're talking about going to any area and stealing humans and then selling them, I don't think there's any biblical defense for that. Correct. Yeah. And that is something that's explicitly um, listed as uh, uh, sin mm-hmm. and not of God. In one of the pastoral epistles, it might be First Timothy, mm-hmm. but Paul says that like, like the actual procuring of slaves by like stealing or kidnapping um, mm-hmm. is, is listed that way in yeah. the New Testament. Yeah. So I know that, again, that like that's a defense, but then you use the term moral relativism and how... It seems like they're using Jesus's name and Jesus's accepting nature to um, just allow for anything and not wanting to correct anybody. And it's um, it's even hard to understand why, you know, the motivation, why they are choosing that um, when you have people that were raised and then they, they grew up and have kids and they, they're married, you know, uh, monogamously. And, uh, and they... They're still cool with um, gay marriage or when the Bible speaks out against that. But then they're saying, well, it means something else. Or polygamy. You could cite several people throughout the scripture who have had more than one wife. And it's, it's you know, the Bible isn't saying those are good things. Um, Correct. Th- those no, specific things are good things. There's no law that explicitly right, is, is calling for... Um, you know, num- numerous wives, and mm-hmm. th- they did happen. Yeah, and the Bible records that. But what's funny is when you look at all of those examples of numerous wives, how how does it turn out? Mm-hmm. There seem to be some serious difficulties in mm-hmm. many of those situations. Yeah, and, you and know? I think it's it's that that's a good topic to just point out too that Jacob had several um, he had two wives and then the two other women that he slept with (laughs) um to make the 12 tribes of israel so yeah god used sin and it's you know it acknowledges that that god chose that line of abraham and in the same way you have david and solomon who had (laughs) many wives oh sure um and it's just it's different to say that um i guess that, that you can be committing sin, you can do sinful things and still seek after God. And whether it's because you don't know any better or you don't care, frankly, there, you know, there, I'm going to be a sinner the rest of my life. You know, I'm not going to go a day without committing some form of sin. That doesn't mean that I'm not chasing after God. So I guess another layer to put on the pro- progressive Christianity blanket is that they almost don't believe that sin exists or that Jesus has just forgiven all sin, which is true, but there's more. It's almost he, he forgave all sins, therefore there's no need to repent because sin doesn't exist because it's been forgiven already. And yeah. so God, God can use people like Solomon and, and God can use people that have several wives. So there are plenty of things that we do wrong, and I don't hold specific sins over others. But when you're a church that doesn't, I mean, it's one thing to, again, accept people, but to promote, to say, I, you know, we're a church that will um, acknowledge any sort of gen, any of the 50 genders there are, or, you know, we 
you know, uh, Genesis is just actually a poem. It's metaphors. You can't possibly believe that it really happened. We know, I mean, it's common knowledge. Genesis didn't happen that way, excuse me. Or it's, it's common knowledge that, you know, G maybe Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. It was, it's, it's really this, you know, so there's mm -hmm. so many examples that I've heard of, of people saying things like, we all know this didn't really happen. It's a metaphor. And I just think that's really dangerous. And you can turn the Bible into anything when you start taking things that are meant literally or that historically did happen that, and then you, you turn it into something that's not real. Yeah. Uh, so from, from what you just said, I mean, if, if the individual is, you know, living that out unrepentedly, mm -hmm. well, you know, if, if we have major unrepentant sin in our life, that's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's not, I wouldn't want to stand before the Lord having any sort of major unrepentant sin. So that's, you know, that's, that's not good. That's according to, you know, according to scripture, people living that lifestyle along with a big list of other sins as well, like mm -hmm. greed and idolatry and those sorts of things that those people will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it says that in first Corinthians six, it says it in other places as well. So it, it, and it is true that there is a tendency to focus on certain sins over others. Um, it's almost like when you read Romans though, it's almost like Paul places uh, some, uh, he just places a lot of emphasis on homosexuality in Romans one. Um, how, right. It's like changing the, the creator for the created. The point I'm trying to make is it is true that all sin is sin, but I, and I'm not really making the point that we need to be hyper-focused on that, but there are certain things that the Lord places a lot of emphasis on. Um, and so homosexuality is kind of highlighted as something, but you know, there, there are others too, that we should highlight as well, like, uh, divorce, when it's not, uh, you know, obviously there's this exception for adultery, but then also Paul in first Corinthians talks about, you know, someone having an unbelieving spouse. Like if mm -hmm. they, you know, if they're willing to stay with you, well then, you know, continue, uh, your, your marriage. Otherwise the children will be unholy, but if they want to leave, let them leave. Mm -hmm. So there seems to be. You know, if you're a believer and then you have a spouse that's like just dead set against the the faith and being with you and demands out, then I guess you, you, you know, you let that person go. Mm -hmm. um, but beside the, the truth is that, that divorce is so common that it, most of the time it's not that even within the church, you know, mm -hmm. and God speaks very strongly against it. I mean, Jesus you know, makes it clear that, you know, if it's not one of these like exceptions that then it's, then it, then it's considered adultery. And in Malachi, it says, you know, the, the Lord hates divorce. Um, and, and there, there's other things as well. So I'm just giving that as one example. That's something that we ought to start getting a little closer towards what the Bible teaches on it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's something that's rightly pointed out by some progressive people is that the church seems to have no issue with divorce and people mm -hmm. getting remarried and having it affect, you know, where they're at with the Lord and all. But we're going to focus hardcore 
on same sex marriages. Mm -hmm. Well, what what about you know opposite sex marriages that aren't conforming to what what God has revealed in Scripture? That's a good point, but that doesn't mean that therefore because we've relaxed mm -hmm. our position on divorce, that should be the same, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. concerning same same sex marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know. It, and just just to be clear with this as well, because it's been so uh, just we've been bombarded for the past like 20 years or so with certain rhetoric mm -hmm. on this topic that I, that I just want to make clear that it's not homophobia to just espouse and teach and believe what the Bible says. There's all sorts of things that are identified as sin in Scripture. But where is the great, where are the, 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 the heterosexual couples who are living with each other without being married? Mm -hmm. Like, where is the outcry from them to identify Bible-believing Christians as, um, I don't even know what term you would use, but something phobic. Like, you know, you disagree with people sleeping with each other outside of marriage. You hate them. Mm -hmm. That's why. Like, if you disagree with it, you necessarily hate them. Mm -hmm. That's just not the case. It's not the case with home, like homosexual lifestyle either. You can disagree and not hate. Of course, are there some people who literally hate gay people? Sure, sure. And are they wrong? And they, do they need to repent for that hate in their heart? Yes, they do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The same with racism. It, there it, are still racist people. Absolutely. But Christians are not racist or Christians aren't called to be racist. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Exactly. And so... You can, we, we just need to be more honest with this stuff. It's really upsetting how the culture has just identified, like, if you disagree with this a point, then you are a, you know, you're a racist or you're a homophobe, um, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we can disagree in love. We can uh, c consider someone to be living a sinful lifestyle, but still love them and not, mm -hmm. and not look down upon them and look at our own faults, our own flaws, uh, and so, and so there's also, there's a difference between living in unrepentant sin knowingly and, yeah. you know, just, you know, sinning throughout the day in different ways, mm -hmm. but wanting to reform and being, sure. um, you know, just kind of contrite before the Lord. And then just one other thing that I wanted to say yeah. real quick about the, the homosexuality. I agree that the ancient authors did not have a concept of sexual orientation. That is true. That, that, um... That idea developed in you know 1800s, and I think of the 1900s is when the the word homosexual actually came into the the yeah. the English dictionary. But that doesn't mean one thing. I want to submit to people. I mean, if you're if you're a Bible believer, is that we are oriented sexually in a particular way, and there are you know times. There's a very small percentage where some of it is genetic, some of it is environmental, but it's mm -hmm. all because of the fall, the ent entrance of sin into society that someone could be oriented incorrectly. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't, ident like, that's not the core of their identity. It's so yeah. unfortunate that we've taken, you know, s some, uh, like, kind of um, straying from, you know, how God has intended things to be and then taken that little, you know, that, that aspect of our inclinations and, and made them the, the core of our identity. So like even with me, I have, you know, like I've, my weight has fluctuated, you know, a lot over, over the years. And I have, I, I absolutely think I have a genetic predisposition to like want to eat crazy food. And uh, just it, like every time I eat, it doesn't mean that it's 
God's will or that it's my, like, that's the core of my identity, even if I have a genetic predisposition towards something sure. that is not God's will for me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I have to, I have to parse that out and be honest about it and say, mm-hmm. it's hard for, for me to, you know, be in shape and, and do what I need to, but it is possible. Mm-hmm. And I have to submit it to him and, uh, and pursue him in that way. And not just like accept uh, our, our, our priest, he, uh, he calls it blessing our chains that, that we have, we have these chains and we ask and we just give up and we ask God to bless our chains. Sure. And, uh, that's, that's not what we're called to do. So anyway, there's some response to some of the stuff you said. Yeah. I, I think one of the most genuinely heartbreaking things in my life is, and maybe this is where I form my bias (laughs) against it, but it's, I've had several close friends of mine that started off kind of more left-leaning than me for sure and then um kind of given to the the progressive christianity way of thinking before it was i guess as as large as it is now or or you know as as loud as it is now um and i mean friends that i've that I had for years, they're like, yeah, well, I think, you know, my church would say this, but, um, I, I understand this perspective or I would never do this, you know, and then down the road, um, whether it be because of the election, whether, or the 2016 election, um, more than anything, or, uh, just different, you know, growing up, people, seem to have to identify again with the mindset and not in Christ. And so I have had uh, gay friends. And again, I have gay relatives. Me to say, I still hold to what the Bible says. And I think that if they claim to be Christian, especially they need to stop doing those things, makes me, like you said, it instantly made me a homophobe or a transphobe or a bigot. It broke my heart because again, I had these friends for so long that needed so much to identify with this mindset and not with the teaching of Christ, but then they are now living with their not spouse or they are uh, engaging in some form of polyamory or they're engaging in drug use or they've just kind of given up on Christian Christianity altogether because somebody within the church disagreed with them and so now they're not a Christian anymore. It's just something that bothers me because I think it's it's toxic because you're asked to be tolerant of anybody but the word tolerant its definition has changed too. So now I'm not only to sit silently while these things in a church setting happen I am to applaud it if I'm ever ordained. You know, I am to attend, I am to officiate and be excited about a gay wedding or a, a, ch- a man and child wedding or anything like that. I'm supposed to cheer it. I'm supposed to... If you were in that sort of a denomination that... Yeah, but if I know, don't, but if I don't, I'm a homophobe. Getting getting down to the, the principles mm-hmm. of you know, this progressivism and progressivism within Christianity, I think what is helpful and what we need to keep our eyes on, because it's really not so much about the term progressive 
or, or conservative. It's about what does it mean practically? And so what is actually progressing or really changing? Mm-hmm. So what's changing within your your faith in your practice? Mm-hmm. And we got to just make the distinction between the essentials of the faith and non-essentials. Yeah. And the essentials of the faith should not be changing. Mm-hmm. But it, And if it does then let's be honest, it ceases to be Christianity. Yeah, It's not nothing, it is something, but it's not Christianity. And so just to be clear, we're talking about, you know, the primacy of the word of God, that, mm-hmm. that the word of God, I mean, this is, this is such a big part of it too. There will be these big disagreements between, let's say, conservative Christians and progressive Christians, or however we want to identify them. And one group is considering the Bible as the word of God that should be interpreted literally as much as, much as possible, and that it's the authority. Mm-hmm. And what we think and do should line up with what it says. Mm-hmm. And then there's another group that that tends to think, well, it, no, it shouldn't be interpreted literally. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's God's word, but, you know, there's a lot of errors in it. And how can a, we ever know? Yeah, exactly. We'll never, we'll never know. It's been, oh, I, I love that one so much, especially like uh, Joe, Joe Rogan. He'll, he'll mention that whenever this sort of thing comes up, but oh, the, you know, the scriptures, they're, they're so old. They've been translated by so many translators and there's like, we don't really know, like nobody really knows what any of that stuff meant back then. There's the study of ancient languages and there, there's quite a bit that we do know. And, yeah. and actually it's not true. We have to... Uh, make those distinctions and say, is this essential or non-essential? And like, like the belief of the word of God, if you're talking with someone about Christianity and what's acceptable and what ought to be done in, in the practice, like let's say welcoming in cer- certain people, and I'm not talking about like allowing uh, someone who's living an openly sinful lifestyle, like even to come to your service. That's not what I'm talking about. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, come on. Good. Like maybe the Lord's going <clears> to <throat> touch somebody, but to say, that's that's good mm-hmm. and you're like that lifestyle is fine we approve of it god approves of it he mm-hmm. made you that way okay to say that sort of thing we, we have to look at well how are where are you deriving that from and, and mm-hmm. what are what are your beliefs on the word of god so so you know the the word of god if it, if it's not really god's word it's more so the the mm-hmm. word of man and we can't really know what it means mm-hmm. and all, then you'll change it whenever it needs to be changed to fit sure. what you want mm-hmm. like it's you can't even have a discussion yeah when people have such fundamentally different views of scripture and how to interpret it so yeah. do think that the church absolutely dropped the ball with with divorcees they've absolutely I, I can't deny that, that divorce is way too, you know, among Christians is way too high and that um, it's, it seems, and I could be wrong because I'm not looking at the verse, but um, the, the, the expectations of a deacon, and it says is to be a, the husband of one wife. Some people take that to mean you're not living in polygamy. And, and, yeah. uh, and, and I've heard it argued that means you're not divorced. And, or you're not a remarried. So I don't think from from my understanding that again could be wrong that someone that's been divorced time you know several times should be a minister. Mm-hmm. I th- but I do think that everybody whether you're a divorcee uh whether you're a literal practicing homosexual 
uh, you identify as uh, transgender, or you, I should say you are transgender, you know, you have, uh, you are one, one sex, and you feel as though you're the other. Um, all those people should be welcomed into the church, not as members, but welcomed in, um, you know, grabbed by the church. Jesus didn't reject people in that way. But it's important to th for me to say that I do think that just because that's that's your past, it should be your past. If, if I had a divorce and remarried, I can't change that, but I should still acknowledge that it was wrong to do so. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean to I'm going to divorce my current wife and get back with my old wife or anything like that. But it's important to repent and to understand this was not God's plan for me. I thought it was okay because that's the thing about sin is we're all kind of we're either selfish and don't care that it's wrong or reason our way out of it. And, and it's yeah. that's mostly across the board, whether you are formerly or you're in a homosexual lifestyle or any of the you know polygamy or any of and it it all seems to relate to sex <laughs> really but if you're not a if you're really like not a secular humanist and you think that there is right or wrong and you can accept that the bible says the this is wrong or this is wrong or this you know shouldn't be allowed or you know however you want to phrase it you, we just need to accept we've done bad things and you know i need to accept for instance that you are not a perfect man you know, but you've you've had plenty to repent of, as have I. But I I can no longer responsibly judge you or hold you accountable for things that you're no longer doing. Mm -hmm. So sure. whether it is divorce, which again is something that the church kind of slides on the table, whether you're you know you're living together before marriage, even if you kind of wised up and got married, you I I think you should still repent of the fact that you were sleeping together before marriage or did live together before marriage yeah a absolutely um it's just calling calling sin what it is mm -hmm. and uh you know being honest about what the word of god says and let let it letting it guide us mm -hmm. even when we don't like it yeah you know a lot of it stems from that too we don't want to be wrong we mm -hmm. don't there's certain things certain things about the gospel are hard yeah certain things about the revealed uh you know truth of the word of god is hard Look, look at the Gospel of John. Jesus has all these followers. He's doing mighty miracles, right? And then in John chapter 6, he gives them a hard teaching about them having to eat his flesh and to drink <laughs> his blood. And they're like, what? This guy is crazy. Mm -hmm. And he gets into more detail and, you know, and explains even more. And everybody leaves except for his core group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a hard saying. Who can accept it? And... There's, there's a lot of that in scripture. There's stuff that it, 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 no matter what time it is, like no matter what year, no matter how long since the writing of scripture and no matter what society we live in, there will be certain parts of the, the God's revealed truth that our culture will like, mm -hmm. and there will be certain parts that they hate. Yeah. And the Bible said, I mean, Jesus promises the world will hate you mm. because they have hated me. Thinking about John three, you know, the, the. The, the hatred there is because the world's deeds are evil and they don't want to come to the light lest their evil deeds be exposed. And so, mm -hmm. you know, running from the light. And so we have to accept the fact we, we have to be resilient and, you know, strengthen our, our backbones in mm -hmm. a sense to stand 
against the, the, the wave of ideas and then the vitriol that will come from not going along with the culture in every single subject. Mm-hmm. And you just have to accept the fact that that is part of being a Christian. Yeah. The, the Apostle Paul says, anyone who wants to live a, a godly life will face persecution. Mm-hmm. It'll be different degrees, you know, and obviously what? People are going to yell at us online and like say say mean things to us. <laughs> like whoop de doo There are places where you will be assaulted physically or worse for standing up for Christ. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in, in comparison, it's not that big of a deal, but it is hard, that social pressure. And so we want to, we can progress in let's say the, the the methods that we're using to to reach the world around us, mm-hmm. and the, the the certain context of 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 the gospel, like like contextualizing it, there there are going to be certain things that do progress and that do change, but the essentials of the faith cannot change. Yeah, you can't. We 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 serve a triune God who made all of the the world and all of creation out of nothing. And we human beings are made in his image, but we fell. We have sinned. And because mm-hmm. of that, we are guilty before him and we need a savior. And he became a human being to save us. Mm-hmm. And if you put your faith in him, you will be saved. And that's the only way to be saved. And those are just some of the essential truths that cannot change. And when we start to progress from that, when we start to say he is a way or, mm-hmm. or that there is not uniqueness to the Christian God, the, the, the God of Islam and Christianity and all these other religions are essentially the same. When we, be, when we begin, when we begin to move on from the core tenets of the faith, it ceases to be Christianity and yeah. we're not in a good place. So we need to make sure we're careful about what is progressing or changing. Yeah. We have this God that created everything out of nothing, and if you believe that to be true, and here's my segue, (laughs) Hebrews Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There, not only is Jesus Christ the same, but there are certain truths that are the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, yes, we can progress in Christianity. We can get things wrong and get things right, but there are certain things— that are just true. And if it's true, it can't be made untrue. Our understanding can be wrong. But if it's if it is truth and if the Bible is inerrant and Christianity is true, then it can't be made untrue because we don't like it. But if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever, then those things aren't any less true. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we've, we've talked about this. <laughs> yes. We, we've said some things and some people have heard it mm. and we'll see what happens. Definitely give a, give a comment, please. Absolutely. Uh, you know, troll us if you want to, but by all means, yes. Say terrible things about us. Do whatever you got to do. Just type something in, please. And, uh, you know, like and do share our content. We would love for you to do that. Mm-hmm. We will be eternally grateful in our hearts. Yes. And, uh, and, yeah. So there's that discussion. Who are you? I'm Blair Davis. And I'm a man. Sean Fowler. Subscribe and like it. Share it, too. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your Tell your mom. 
about this podcast. All right. Well, bye. Bye. America. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Very Good Christian Podcast. A special thank you to Cody James MSC for the theme music you hear in this episode. For more content, check out our YouTube and Facebook pages titled Very Good Christian Podcast. And check out our social media pages on Instagram and Parlor at VGC Pod, as well as consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Very Good Christian Podcast.